0: like turning your Bibles with me today we're gonna study holiness Ah. growing up you know when I thought of holiness I thought of the nuns and their habits and zero makeup and the uh, ugliest corniest shoes you've ever seen amen (laughs) and you had to be really quiet not very enthusiastic And, and, but that's really what I saw of holiness. Holiness to me was quiet. Holiness to me was, was simple. And I had, I had no concept of it. And so when I got born again, I was a wild girl, go figure. And I get born again, and so, oh, well, I can't be that anymore. And there was no women in leadership at the time where I was. It was 15-ish years ago. And so I just started buying, like, long skirts, baggy clothes, stopped wearing makeup, didn't really fix my hair. And then I tried to be quiet. Because there's no way God could have meant for me to be me. Because then that that holiness doesn't look like that. I had part of it right holiness didn't look like me but there was nothing wrong with the way God created me and so maybe you're like me and and you're trying to figure out how you fit in the scheme of things you're a little bit different than the other people around you there's a little but come on nobody On this earth, in and of ourselves, represents holiness. There's no one thing that we're trying to attain to. No one person or position or title. Because that's not holiness. Holiness is God himself. And unless we catch a glimpse of him, how are we to attain it? How are we to attain it? So we're going to look in Isaiah 35. We'll start, um, Josh, we'll start on verse 5. It says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sink, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals will each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rush. And a highway shall be there, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast go upon it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And so I want to talk about this highway of holiness today. You know, we've got to look at this life as a journey. It's a journey. We're in a foreign land, we're pilgrims, we're sojourners, we're nomads, not meant to stay in this place. And so our whole life, from the time of our birth, from the time of our conception, until the time of our departing, we're on the, whole, the highway, we're on the path, we're on the journey. And our journeys will lead us all over the place. But the awesome thing is as we find ourselves born again, as we find ourselves walking in His steps, we find ourselves walking on the highway of holiness where no beast can come, no lions, no prey. They have no dominion there, they have no opportunity to go there. But the redeemed walk there. It says that the eye, blind eyes will be open, that the lame will walk. Why? Because there's no evil. There's no evil thing to be found in this place. That's where our journey's taking us to and that's where i want to find my feet walking while on this side of the highway you know everyone hopes for heaven have you ever talked to anybody and asked them that gotten a religious conversation everybody hopes for heaven well i think i'm good enough well i i went to an altar call when i was 8 and i've been in service every sunday since we get all all sorts all sorts. I've done my sacraments. All sorts of, of excuses and reasons. But really everybody hopes for heaven. But not everybody who hopes for it will find themselves there. Our, our salvation, our, our souls is something that, that you and I can rest assured in the gospel. It will bear witness with our lives and we can rest assured knowing where we'll spend our eternity But way too many people don't do due diligence when it comes to the things of God and we put our hope in false things. I'm hoping that I'm good enough. I'm hoping that I said the right prayer. I'm hoping that my parents gave the right penance for me. I'm hoping that those that that I leave behind will pay the right token. I want to ensure that I'm there. So let's take a look at what holiness is. We've got a long journey to take this morning. Holiness in the Hebrew is kodesh. It means a sacred place or thing, a consecrated thing, a dedicated thing, something set apart that's not meant for the everyday man, something that is so special, so pure. You know, the Catholics get beat up a lot, but they get the sacredness of things. Right? They get the sacredness of things. We sometimes don't because we're so lackadaisical, lazy about stuff. But something that's sacred, that's set apart, consecrated, a special thing. Not to be had by all for that special moment. In James 2.18, we're going to look at how holiness and this sacred place, this consecrated thing, how you and I can can begin to live it, how you and I can begin to find ourselves there. The first point we'll look at with it is a conformity of heart and life unto God. James 2.18 says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I'll say, Show you my faith by my works. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith By my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And so, really, as as we begin to look at holiness, we want to see our hearts, our minds begin to conform into what? Into God's image. And the Bible says that, you know, really, without our works matching our faith our faith is dead in other words it's not by our works that we get to heaven It has nothing to do with it but but when when i've encountered the living god when i've encountered this creator of all things the alpha and the omega when i encounter jehovah jireh when i encounter the lord my banner i begin to have a shift in my nature to have a shift in my heart that I begin to see things a little bit like he sees them. That, that I begin to care about the things that he cares. And so by my faith in him, I can't help but put into action what I believe. Even the demons believe in God, but they're not out loving one another. They're not out turning the other cheek when someone wrongs them. But as believers, as those that are seeking him, that are desiring, God, I want to be on the highway of holiness. I want to guarantee that when I'm on the end of the end, I'm on the other side. So I'm not going to go and try to to lift everything and try to do all the Bible studies I can and teach all the classes and pick up every homeless person. Because what's going to happen is I'm going to get worn out, exhausted, and not have anything to give God, much less myself or anyone else. But I'm going to seek an encounter with God. I'm going to seek an encounter with him. God, why do you love that homeless person? Why do you love him? Why do you love that person, that annoying person on the end of my block that I always hear after 10 p.m.? And we begin to seek God, and when we find him, when we find him in that moment, when we find him in that place, he begins to, what, shift our heart. We begin to all of a sudden see them with the loving eyes of God. All of a sudden we begin to have his heart and his mind and his likeness in our being and then our what? Our faith is put into action. Our faith is put into action. Holiness must begin to manifest itself in our lives and our conversation. Josh, do you have that that quote I sent you this morning, that separate email? Nope. Okay, keep going. Let's do this Jonathan Edwards quote, point three. It says, Holiness is the image of God, his likeness, in him that is holy. By being conformed unto God is not meant a conformity to him in his eternity or infinity or infinite power. These are God's inimitable and incommunicable attributes, but a conformity to his will, whereby he wills things are just right and truly excellent and lovely, whereby he wills real perfection and goodness and perfectly abhors everything that is really evil, unjust, and unreasonable. And it is not only a willing as God wills, but also a doing as he doeth, in acting holily and justly and wisely and mercifully like him. It must become natural thus to be and thus to act. It must be the constant inclination and new nature of the soul. You know, it's really easy for me to go back and think of Heather pre-Christ. You know, my parents are in town, and I am so much like my dad. And he has no patience, and he is so quick to just—it is so funny. And He loves the Lord dearly. And so I'm like, Dad— the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. You can do this. You just, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. And he's like, Heather, what's wrong with you? You used to be hot, more hot-tempered than I am. You don't remember those days? But at some point, and whether you were hot-tempered or not, there's something in us, in each one of us. And then as we begin to, to get to know him and we begin to see God, see God in scripture, see God in worship, see God in his creation, see God in the holy of holies, all of a sudden we find ourselves not, not, not too impressed by that attitude, a little embarrassed when it comes out. And we find ourselves beginning to what? To bend, to bend our will to his, to bend until our, our soul to our inner man begins to take over in those areas and we begin to look more like God. We also begin in holiness to see our lives having a conformity to Jesus. We read it earlier, Matthew 11:29. 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. You know, when we find Jesus... When we begin to understand that Jesus is not dead in a tomb, that we don't worship a Jesus hanging on a cross, but we worship a Jesus alive and well, sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, perfectly alive and capable to help us in our every need, every day, in every way, we cease striving. We cease thinking it's all about us because we've seen him seated on the throne. We know the price has been paid, the work has been finished, and we find rest for our souls. In doing so, it's no longer about me showing how awesome I am, showing how much I can get done. It's about me looking like Jesus. It's about me sitting in his lap on the throne and having him wrap his arms around me and saying, Daddy, what do you want to do with this? I know I'm supposed to X, Y, and Z, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? Or is it always, always about you and your way? You know, not to pick on on us gals, but oftentimes women have the hardest time with this because we run our households, we manage our households well, We have every little duck lined up in a row, all the linen folded in the right places, our schedules mapped out. Some are even color-coded. And we've got our agenda ready to go. But lo and behold, we go outside to get in the car with all the kids and our schedule's intact for the day. And we've timed out naps and all snack times. And the neighbor walks out she's messing with my schedule (laughs) or thank you lord i've been praying for her this is really going to mess my day up but oh thanks be unto the lord this is my opportunity hi sue how's it going hey listen i wanted i just wanted to share with you that you've been on my heart lately my yoke is easy my burden's light you'll get more accomplished in that day of errands By taking on the yoke of christ and loving your neighbor than you would have if you just went for your whole schedule not only will you probably get more accomplished but we'll have peace we'll have joy exuberant exuberance of joy found in him philippians 2 5 says let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus do you know that that as we're born again we have the mind of christ Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. When we find ourselves going there in our minds, what do we do? We begin to lay hands on ourselves. We begin to command ourselves to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We begin to command ourselves that I have the mind of Christ. We begin to command ourselves that, oh no, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We begin to command ourselves that I'll walk in his light, not in the darkness. That I'll put on the character and the nature of Christ. That I'll put on self-control. That I'll put on loving kindness. We begin to lay hands on ourselves and believe that he that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. That Jesus came, died, raised from the dead, sits in the heavens, and I get to put him on every day. I get to put him on. I get to walk with him. I get to talk with him. I get to let him into my innermost thoughts. Those days whenever you go and you're just thinking in your mind, it's like an interstate. And you're like, am I going to go down the quick way? Or am I going to take all these little exits and side roads that maneuver myself all over the planes of life into the deep, dark recesses of my mind? Or am I gonna just take the mind of Christ? Am I gonna take the highway of holiness today? Am I gonna take on the goodness of Christ, the virtue of Christ, the love of Christ? 1 John 2, 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. You know, when we read scripture and it starts talking like this, it's like, man, how's that even possible? I'm gonna walk just as Christ walked. Well, just as we read, I'm not to put on the infiniteness of God. It's not possible. I can't be just as Christ. Christ was perfect. You and I have already messed that one up. But I can walk as Christ walked. I can, I can choose to allow God the Father to draw me in. That I can abide in, in the vine just as Christ abode in his Father. Christ said that he did what his father told him to do. I can do that. I can listen. I can stop being a stubborn pig head. I can start listening to my Father in heaven. I can start walking as he walked. I can start going to the unlovely. I can start going and being the hands and feet and feeding those that are hungry. I can start loving the, the sinners like he did. I don't have to sit in the place of scoffers anymore. I can go to the low places. I can go and spend time in prayer. Jesus left all the crowds and went and got alone with God. I can do that. I can begin in just small ways to begin to walk like he walked. And as I begin to put aside time for that, I begin to find him in the place, find him in those secret places. And as I see him there, I start putting on his nature. I start becoming a little bit more like him as I purpose my life around him. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You know, there's a horrible doctrine going around these days. (sighs) A horrible doctrine on grace that you can live how you want because his grace will cover it. But I don't know about you, but my word doesn't talk like that. My Bible says that let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Church, we have got to stop making excuses. The Bible says to walk as Christ walked. The Bible says that if I'm in Christ Jesus, I'm to put off iniquity. I'm to put off sin. I'm to put off evil. I'm to put off the wretched, 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 wretched man. Modern day wants to pet pet sin and pat it and tell us it's okay. It's not that bad. It doesn't matter if you lied or if you killed someone. Sin is sin. And when we begin to pet ourselves and say, but it feels good. I'm not hurting anybody else. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, because there are people, there are people in our bellies that God has foreordained for you and I to go in love with the love of Christ, to be a light in a dark place, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And when you or I choose to stay in a sinful state, we're hindering the work of the gospel. So you can think, I'm not hurting anybody. Baloney, baloney, you are building the kingdom of Satan. Whether you call on the name of Christ or not, forgive me, church. But sin is not welcome in the place of God. It's not welcome in the Holy of Holies. It's not welcome in the family of God. Sin builds up the kingdom of darkness, not the kingdom of peace and righteousness. When you and I call on the name of Christ, there is deliverance in his His presence. There is freedom found in him. There is no need, no justification, no excuse bigger than the blood of Jesus Christ. When we begin to call on Christ, we walk away from sin. I can no longer decide, you know what, today I'm going to have a bad day. I'm going to be mean to my husband. I just, I need it my way or I'm going to jump people in the grocery store and get our of Those bad attitudes and self-centeredness before God, just as ugly as all the immoral stuff that we want to sit there and judge. As we walk in Christ, we put off the ungodliness. As we walk in Christ and we do that little grocery store thing and, Get in front of the elderly lady and then have to look at ourselves in the mirror that night. <laughs> we cry out, oh God. It's not about me going cut the lady off with the grocery basket, it's about the state of my heart. God, why, why, why am I so self-consumed when you put everyone before you as you were beat for us? As you bled on that cross, you put the whole world before you. Yet I couldn't honor one person above myself today. Lord, help me. Help me to see with the eyes of heaven, not the eyes of self. We begin to be conformed to the image of Christ. Jonathan Edwards says, Have you ever read the four gospels and you did not observe in the life of Christ wonderful instances of humility, love to God, love to religion, wonderful instances of zeal for God's glory, steadfastness in resisting temptation, entire trust and reliance on God, strict adherence to all his commands, astonishing instances of condescension, humility, meekness, lowliness, love to men, love to his enemies, charity and patience. Why, this is holiness. When we imitate Christ in these things, then we're holy and not until then. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So when we're reading in Scripture about Christ and seeing his love to God and his love to religion and his strict adherence to the commands of God, it's not supposed to be a religious thing to us. We see Christ, and when we see him, that scripture, 2 Corinthians that we just read, 3.18, when we see him, we become like him. What you and I behold, we become. If all we're seeing is the filth of the world, guess what? Day by day, week after week, month after month, year after year, we begin to look a little bit more like the world. But if I begin to read in scriptures and see this wonderful God-man in the flesh, I begin to be a little bit more like him. I begin to be conformed into his likeness. That's good news. Amen. Conformity to God's laws and his commands. Jeremiah 31, 33 says, But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Oh, church, that the word of God would be written in our hearts. America, the church has gotten so lazy with Scripture, has gotten so lazy with the word of God. Most churches don't even have Bibles. Most churches don't even read scriptures. I'm not joking. Go visit some places down the road. Go visit across America. We, his people, begin to conform to the word of God. How are we supposed to live it if we don't read it? Young people, let me tell you, it, we have to have a daily discipline to get in the word why am i saying young people because this generation back here gets it they've spent their lives reading it their lives memorizing it our generation's lazy lazy open the bible it is alive to your soul It will be the joy of your life. You will find Jesus jumping out that page and kissing you. You'll find yourself dreaming of the marvelous works of God. You'll find yourself using words like marvelous and lovely. I used to lovely the other day when talking to someone. It was like, that just came out of my mouth. Oh, that's so lovely. But why? Because you're spending your time reading His Word. You're spending your time, who is the Word? But Jesus, He is the Word of God. So I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna expect Him to come and meet with me. I'm gonna expect Him to jump out of those pages. And as He does, it's living, why? Because He's seated at the right hand of God. He's not in a tomb, He's not hanging on a cross. As not a nun in a habit who's boring and quiet. But it's gonna, I'm gonna see the nature of holiness. I'm gonna see the nature and beauty of who he is. I'm not gonna be able to find myself living in the world all wrapped up in it, full of yuck and smuck, because I'm gonna be wrapped in the holiness of God. I'm gonna be wrapped and guarded in his word. I'm gonna have the tools in my toolbox to say, eh-, eh. I don't go there. That ain't attractive to me anymore. No, thank you. Because I'm in the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 3 3 says clearly. Everybody say clearly. That's like saying, well, duh. You're an epistle of Christ. Everybody say, I'm an epistle of Christ. Minister to us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh that is the heart. You and I might be the only Jesus some people ever see. Our lives are to be epistles. We don't walk in fear. We don't walk in bondage. We don't walk in sickness and just accept it all how it is. Oh, no, we start taking communion at home. We start praying over our families. We start praying over our own lives. We may be sick. We may have a family situation and we acknowledge it, but we don't live in defeat in it. We don't live in defeat. We begin to walk out and live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. We begin to say, it is well with my soul. We begin to say, I'll worship you, O God. I bless your holy name. I accept all of your benefits. We aren't a living epistle. What has your life been telling all those people around? What's it been saying? You know, I got so convicted this week. My husband's in Asia. As everyone knows. And so, um, which is no big deal. It's totally fine. But the difference this time around is that we've got Zoe. We're, we're a thousand miles away from most friends and family. And we don't have like a church staff of like 10 pastors to help carry the load. So thanks be to the Lord, my parents are in town. They're staying a month and they're helping me out. So I'm, like, super excited, but I'm also, like, very aware of the weightiness of the kingdom of God. How many of you can tell I don't just do church lightly? (laughs) It's all in or all out. When I partied, I partied. When I'm walking with Jesus, I'm walking with Jesus. So I had to teach 12 times while Zach's gone, and for some of those times, it's Bethesda. So, like, for a three-hour class, I have about 10 hours sometimes a little bit more of study time to prepare. So you do the math. Twelve teachings, you start adding it up. It's a lot, plus normal staff meetings. So I'm a disciplined woman, so I had my schedule in my head. And I would, my parents, I would wake up, and they'd find me reading, studying. Okay, now's baby time. Okay, now it's cook time. Okay, dad's up, get the coffee. Okay, it's time to go to the meeting. Let's go, let's go. And I was doing this all morning, all day. Come home, you ready to cook dinner? Let's go, let's go. Okay, it's defrosted. Here we go. Until 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And there we go. There we go. And we're going, and my parents are doing the laundry, doing the grocery shopping, bathing the kid, doing the yard, weeding um, the flower beds. But it's somewhere along the lines, and I have to do due diligence, but it's somewhere along the lines, he said, go enjoy life. Go enjoy life. Because you see, my parents, I would have been the throwaway. My little brother and I, we would have been the throwaways of the family. And so it's big for me that my mom and dad are, are proud today. They saw me. And so, so it was this, I I wasn't even aware that I was doing it, but I was busy. I wanted them to see me busy. I wanted them to see me disciplined. I wanted to make sure the church wasn't let down while pastor was away. I wanted to make sure that my husband wasn't let down while he was away. I wanted to make sure my daughter was okay and happy and that mommy was all in all. But I forgot that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So I found myself last Sunday repenting before the Lord and thanking him for the opportunity. It's all in my belly. You don't think I can start all of a sudden studying today and pop out 12 things in 10 days. No, I've been studying for a long time. It's going to be okay. And so all of a sudden I found myself planning all these events and like, okay, I'm off today. Guess what? I'm going to really be off. Are you going to study? Nope, I left all my books at at the office. All I'm doing is my devotion time and went and spent the most wonderful three days with my parents exploring all of Ohio. I mean, you know that's fun. But getting to be the hands and feet of Jesus to my family, getting to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those that I came in contact with, getting to be the hands and feet of Jesus to my husband on the other side of the world. We begin to look like him. Our lives are an epistle. I can look like a Pharisee, doing my duty showing how much i got to study don't look at me don't i look impressive or i can actually say let me live like jesus let me enjoy my family how many how many are so busy you never see your family how many are so busy preaching christ to our families that they never actually see the love of god in our lives That's what I'm talking about. That was the conviction that came. I can serve this whole city. I can go and do Night of Hope on every block for the rest of my life. But if I've not given it first in my household, in my immediate family, in my office staff, you know the office staff all this week, hey, no, switch your day off. Enjoy your family. Why? Because everything's going to be okay. It's not about you. It's not about me, you old ugly thing. You know I say that to see if y'all are listening. Without holiness, there's, it's impossible to get to heaven. Why? Because evil is contrary to God's justice. Exodus 34 7 says, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty. Numbers 14 18 says, the Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but by no means clears the guilty. There has to be justice for our sins, period. The only way you and I get to go to heaven is by the blood of the Lamb, He either doesn't see us or He sees His Son covering us. Without the blood, there is no justice. So people dilly-dallying in church, dilly-dallying in the world that don't carry the blood of Christ on them every day do not walk in the way of holiness. Why? It's contrary to the Word of God. It contradicts the justice of God that's required. He says in no way. Does he clear the guilty? We're either guilty or we're free. Guilty or justified. I want the stamp of Christ. Why do we have to be holy to enter into heaven? It's contrary to God's holiness. How can anything that's not holy be in the presence of the almighty God? We all know that once we sin, what happens? We are separated, separated from God separated. So therefore, why could someone not walking in holiness? Church, you hear what I'm saying? Like we, we justify all these silly things in our lives, but we don't call it what it is. It's either holy or it's not holy. It's either God or it's not God. If it's not holy, if it has not been before the blood of Christ, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God evil defiles heaven listen to this this is wild it would defile heaven meaning of just anyone that hopes upon heaven gets into heaven it defiles heaven and interrupts the happiness of the saints and angels it would defile the holy place the holy of holies and would fright and terrify the sanctified spirits and obstruct them in their delightful ecstasies of devotion and his praise would quite confound the heavenly society how would one unsanctified person interrupt their happiness and fill those regions all over with the loathsome stench of filth? Sin and filth. Have you ever, you know, trying not to give examples so that way when people hear this on podcasts, they don't hear their story. But have you ever? had been in a family situation, a work situation, a ministry situation, where everything's peaceable and calm, you're all walking in unity, you're all walking in love, you're all in in a good place, and the next thing you know, Susie Q or Joe, walk, not Pastor Joe, we're talking Joe off the street, walk in, walk in. And they have got the attitude and the chip on their shoulder and the know-it-all. And all of a sudden, your whole situation comes from a chilled out, we're okay, to totally over the top. Everybody's stress level rises. You, 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 everyone's walking on eggshells. You're so tense. That's what it's saying would happen in heaven. Heaven is a world of love. Heaven is a place of perfect unity and perfect peace and perfect loving kindness where all the saints and all the angels are worshiping Jesus, are worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then all of a sudden, God would let some drunkard in that's coming, cursing and, and popping people. And hey, how's it going there, buddy? And you're like, it's Jesus. It would defile the place. It would, it's not acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Heaven's meant to be a place for all of us to enjoy him for who he is. So what do we do with all this? You know, obviously, I don't study the people. that I, I study the word, and I don't, I'm not a disciple of the living saints. I'm a disciple of the Puritans. I'm a disciple of the, the apostles of the Great Awakening. I don't, I'm not going to hash play with all this stupid stuff nowadays with free grace and all that. I get that. Sorry, my husband's in Asia. (laughs) So I want to look at holiness. I want to look at the fact of what it is and that holiness in my life would mean that I'm going to be conformed to his likeness, that I'm going to put into my actions and my vocabulary that of my Creator. That I want to see the nature of my Jesus come alive within my life. That I want to see the word of God come alive in who I am. That I want to realize that without this holiness, that without the nature of my God coming into my life, I can't. It's not possible for me to get to heaven. I'm not going to start making excuses for myself. I want to walk in the way of holiness. So what do you and I do? As believers, what do you and I do to ensure that we're walking that way of holiness where the blind eyes are open, where the lame begin to walk, where no lions or prey can come about to do us harm? We do self-checkups. We self-check ourselves to make sure that our lives are living epistles. We meditate on the holiness of God. You know, if the Word of God is living and active and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, then I'm going to meditate and get that word in me. Amen. It's going to tell me real quick what my life looks like. So I'm going to meditate on his holiness. God is what? Love. And so I'm going to look, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, at love. And if I'm putting on Christ and I'm to be an imitator of God himself, then I'm going to substitute Heather, the word love for Heather. You're going to substitute the word love for Dean. You're going to substitute love for Carol. And you're going to say, hmm, Lord, Heather suffers long. And, and Heather is kind. Heather does not love envy. Heather does not envy. Heather does not parade herself. Heather is not puffed up. Heather does not behave rudely. Heather does not seek her own. Heather's not provoked. Heather thinks no evil. Heather does not rejoice in iniquity. Heather rejoices in the truth. She bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. I'm going to meditate on God's love. And I'm going to take that scripture and I'm going to write it on the index card. I'm going to put my name on it. And I'm going to memorize it. And I'm going to chew it through the day. And as things come up and I find myself smarting off or getting aggravated or remembering how someone wronged me five years ago, that scripture is going to come and bear witness in my life. And I'm going to say, Oh, no, oh God. Oh, no, oh God. Form me. Form me into your image. Help me to be kind. You know, when Zoe does like, no, or whatever she does, no, sweet pea, we're kind. When she gets too rough, we're gentle. Why? Because it's helping me to remember, no, no, I want to be God, God's daughter. I want to walk in God's ways. I want to teach my girl that we're to imitate the love of the Father, that I'm going to put on the love of God, that she's going to learn to put on the love of God, regardless of how we're feeling. So we check ourselves by Scripture. How is it with you today? Are you walking in the love of God? We want to pursue Christ's life alive within us. Check out Galatians 5.22. The temperament and disposition of the life and conversation of Christ coming alive in us. His temperament and His dispens- dispensation. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. You know, if we would just stop there, the Christian's life is meant to be joyful. We go through sorrows and we go through grief and we go through hard times. But if I'm walking around and I'm proclaiming Christ... And I tell you, they took my parking space, and that lady stood in before me. And then, you know, that worker never gets my stuff right, and, you know, I just can't take it anymore. And then, you know, and the kids, and how many. We've all seen it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace blessed are the peacemakers are you chasing peace down or are you causing strife oh there's a highway of holiness church we've got to find ourselves in the pages it's love it's joy it's peace it's long suffering we're in it for the long haul it's kindness in the midst of evil it's goodness It's faithfulness. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. It's gentleness. It's self-control. Against under such things there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That's not saying you get to just choose to be nice or choose loving kindness or choose joyful. But what we do, if we walk in the Spirit, we put on the garment of Christ. I'm going to take off the flesh. I'm going to take off Heather. And I'm going to choose to what? Put on the Spirit. Clothe myself with Christ. Listen to worship. Read the Bible. Find myself praying. Memorize the Scripture clothed with Christ, that his fruit, that his nature would begin to be imparted into my life, that I wouldn't find myself the center of gossip, the center of strife, but I'd be the one causing peace, seeking it out, causing long-suffering and faithfulness to be alive in my life and not talking about what I did it 30 years ago, but I'm living it today. pursuing a life that bears witness with the Word of God. I love this scripture, Psalms 48 says, I delight, everybody say delight. delight. I delight to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. When was the last time you just got giddy over the Word of God? Psalms 119 says, Revive me, O God, according to your word. Revive me. Joshua talks about, about meditating on it day and night, that we might observe, might observe it and do according to all that is within it. Are we in his word? Are we chewing it? Are we excited about it? If You're not in a care group? Get in a care group. Go to a study. Go, go get in a Bible study. Help Get someone else reading the word with you to help you like it. Go get another translation that you understand. Go get a Bible you think is pretty and you like carrying it around. That helps you read it. Whatever it's going to take, get an app on your phone, get it on your iPad, get it on the computer, whatever it's going to take to open it until we find ourselves saying, I delight to do your will. It's impossible to delight in His will without His Spirit inside. It's impossible. It's impossible to let someone come and wrong you and you say, I love you, and they wrong you again and you say, I love you. That's the will of God. That's the will of God to turn the other cheek. I delight to be your servant. I delight to love the unlovely. I delight to love you and serve you even though people curse me, even though people talk about me. I delight to do your will. I delight to meditate in your word. I find joy and rest and peace and hope and life and vigor from your word, oh God. Is that bearing witness with you today? Does my life and heart agree with the men and women of the Bible? You know, when it talks about Enoch walked with God and was no more. Have you ever been with God and walking with him and loving on him, whether it's at your home in a quiet place or out in a field or a path somewhere, and you were so elated with the love of God and the beauty of God that you thought, I'm going to combust. I'm not going to be here anymore. It can't get any better than this. This has to be what heaven tasted like. Have you found yourself walking and feeling like Isaac or Abraham or even Moses? How he went up on the mountain and was with God and he came back. Woo! Do you feel like you've come out of your prayer closet and you're a different person? That you're shining with the light of the gospel of Jesus? That's what looking holy begins to feel like and act like in our own lives. We begin to bear witness with those in the word. Is my life imitating. <laughs> Is my life imitating the saints and the angels in heaven. <sighs> you know, so many people get so aggravated with why we worship so long. I got news for you. Guess what we're going to do all of eternity? Revelations 4.8 says the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of, full of eyes around and within, and they don't rest day or night, all day, all night, saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, 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 Holy Lord God Almighty, holy, you are worthy, O oh God. You're worthy. Are we finding ourselves caught up in his presence, worshiping him, enjoying his presence, enjoying the king of kings, enjoying the one who laid down his life for us? Are we envisioning his beauty as he seated at the right hand of God? Are we envisioning the flames of fire in his eyes? Are we envisioning Hori Hamande? Are we envisioning what his voice sounds like as he begins to open it? Is it sounds of trumpet? Is it the rumbling of thunder? Are we finding ourselves lost in him? Because you see, that's what heaven's all about. Heaven is just about us joy him it's not about you it's not about me it's not about your mansion you're not gonna care about it because all you're gonna care about is him. him him that's the highway of holiness we begin to walk differently from the world it begins to look different from religion it's that relationship with him that changes our very nature causing our lives to look like the lives of the bible our lives are living epistles philippians two twelve. pastor grace y'all can come on up it says therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling church look Why am I giving y'all a heavy message today? Because there's so much junk going on in the world. We've got to mark our place. We've got to work out our salvation. We've got to know that we know that we know. We've got to know that we know that we know not just for ourselves but for the world around us, that we can begin to walk and live as light in a dark place. We've got to work it out. We can't take it for granted. We've gotta find Christ in everything. Deuteronomy 4, 9 says, only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself. What's your spiritual discipline? I'm talking to myself too. What's our spiritual discipline? Is discipline for you coming to church once out of every four weeks of a month and nothing in between? I'm not gonna look like Jesus off of two hours in a month. Diligently keeping yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Y'all, it's so hard for us to even remember the memories with our kids. How many of you kept baby books? Right? Why? Because you got to go back and read, because you forget. How much more with the Word of God, with the life of God? We've got to be diligent to keep ourselves there, lest we forget. There's a psalm that says, remember what the Lord has done for you. Remember what he's done. Stir yourselves up. Talk about the things of God, the testimonies of God. We don't have to talk about the next show on TV and who won this and that. Who cares? How is it with your soul today? 1 Timothy 4.16 says, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. I just pray today that we get a glimpse of the highway of holiness, this journey, this path that we're walking in life, and we begin to take heed that I'm going to mow and I'm going to weed the garden around me and I'm going to get out all the stuff and the junk that doesn't need to be there. And I might not be perfect today because I'm not, but oh, I'm going to do due diligence to make sure that my step today, that my step today is on the lush green highway to heaven. And tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to make sure that that next step, that I'm taking heed, that I'm finding Christ, Because it's all baby step after baby step after baby step. You know, when Noah came, or God came to Noah in a dark land, in a dark, dark land where there was vile, filth, evil, unclean, Noah was found righteous. And God told him to build an ark. Build an ark for you and your family. We're going to save you. didn't just all of a sudden snap his fingers and it was done he had to for how long years baby step get up I'm going to trust God today next day baby step get up I'm going to trust God today and build that ark amongst all the persecution of the land amongst all the persecution of his family he got up and did due diligence and when the day had come of the wrath of God Him and his family were saved. It's the same due diligence with us. Baby, step, get up, go to church. Baby, step, get up and read my Bible. Baby, step, get up and and, and go to a care group. Baby, step, I'm going to get up and go serve someone a night of hope. Because surely someone is hurting more than me. Baby, step. I'm going to go talk to that person in church. Baby step, I'm going to pray for that person. Baby step, I'm going to worship even though I'm angrier than snot. Baby step, I'm going to forgive them although I think they wronged me. Baby step, I'm going to choose Christ today. Baby step, I'm going to forgive my husband. Baby step, I'm going to serve someone. Baby step, I'm going to tie. Baby step, and the next thing you know, you're walking into the pearly gates and you're seeing your jesus face to face and it's well with your soul because you've walked the highway of holiness your whole life thank you for joining the celebration podcast for more information visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father it's so wonderful